0: It's the first Friday in June. We know what that means. So we, mean, we know what it means. LSU's playing in a regional. We know that the NBA finals are going on. We know that the Saints are in OTAs. And we know that Jim Derry is going to talk about it all on Datitude. It's going to be one of those OCD kind of shows. You know why? Because Garland Gillen's on. And when Garland Gillen comes on the show, we just talk about whatever comes into our heads. You want to find out what it is? Well, you got to stay through the, the intro and my monologue and it's coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is. Or at least the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends who know... For damn sure, it's the first Friday in June, and I'm going to talk about the weather. And I hate summer. How's that for positivity after a two-week break? Yep, I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picayune and the Advocate at betnola.com, and this is Datitude, episode number one hundred and fifty-one, for a Friday, June the second, twenty twenty-three. Yep, yeah, you know, you know, look. It it is the, only of the official start of summer the real, so what summer doesn't start until June the twenty first and twenty second Jim Derry, dumbass. Well, it actually, you know I used to hear this from all the meteorologists all the time. Meteorological is that how you say it? Meteorological, that's probably not right. Meteorological, whatever you know what I'm talking about summer. Starts on June the 1st, June, except here in Louisiana, meteorological, whatever, however you pronounce it, summer, is not just June, July, and August, because fall, we know fall doesn't start here in September. Fall really starts here like in October 15th. So it lasts four and a half, summer lasts four and a half months. And as far as I'm concerned, June 1st is the start of that. And by the way, anyone else who doesn't think summer um, isn't started, you don't have any kids. Because my kids have been home for for over two weeks now, and uh, yeah, I love my kids. You know, people probably think I don't. I mean, what's this dude? Is always complaining about his kids. I love my kids. I just don't want them following my every footstep and stepping off my feet every other step. I guess that's the good thing about the office being there's a closed door. They know when the, that door is closed, they can't come in here. So i leave the door closed. Anyway, anywho, already all over the place on this Friday morning, you know, before we get into sports, you know, I like to rant sometimes and have a little bitch session. I had one this morning, so I'm going to share. You know, I just don't understand where this world is going and the little nuances of it, just the little, just the little things in life. You know, people complain about the big things, and yeah, who knows? Maybe the world's gonna blow. We're all gonna blow up the earth. Uh, One day, that's gonna happen. I mean, whether we're here or not, this earth one day will be gone. So, it's the minutia of things that that sometimes bug me, like idiot drivers. Um, that bugs me. Just inconsiderate people. But you know what really gets me? What really gets me is like when you go to a place of business and you order something and you know if you're a dummy enough like like I was this morning for not opening the bag because you just assume that what you ordered is going to be in the bag when you order some food in the morning you know just a little something to get your day started you know drop off one of the little ones at, at day camp you know let me go to I'm not going to name this restaurant because it wouldn't be fair to You know, make make fun of them. So I'm not going to make fun of them. But there's this certain place that I go to sometimes in the morning. I don't often eat lunch. I certainly don't eat dinner there. Um, You just go through the drive-thru. You pick something up, just a little something to get the day started. It doesn't seem like that's hard. I, I didn't have, like, a special request or anything. The lines weren't super long. You order something. You get your little bag. It is definitely one thing in the bag. I ordered one thing. It's in the bag. I get home. It's not what I ordered. I mean, it's, it's not that complicated. And the thing is, if it, if it didn't, you know, if it was only like once every blue moon or once a year or something like that, you wouldn't be that upset about it. But no. I mean, this place is batting like 40, like 400, so 40%, which in baseball is great. In the restaurant business, it really kind of sucks. I just don't understand why it's that hard. And I keep maybe and like I said, I'm the dummy. I didn't open the bag to check it. And I keep going back to this place, even though they keep screwing up. Every time I leave there and get home, and I eat whatever I'm going to eat from this place, I say I'm never coming back here again. And then I go back like three weeks later, and like why? Even when they get it right, it's like you got to wait 15 minutes in a in a three car line. I just don't understand it. Again, I'm not gonna make make fun of this company or this place, and I'm not gonna call out their name here. But I mean, it's you know, it is what it is. Digressing already. Friday. I, I've been gone for two weeks. You know, I don't have. I don't. I, sometimes I just don't have anybody to bitch to. Sometimes. You know, my wife works a lot. The kids don't understand and don't care. So that's why. I just do it with you guys. I mean, you're always there for me. You're my you're my podcast buddies. Okay, that's getting a little weird now. Let's move on back to sports uh, some kind of way. You see the uh, NBA Finals last night? Game one, look, you know, if you were reading Best Bets or you watched Bayou Bets yesterday, you saw that I had the heat and plus nine. And speaking of bitch sessions, you're coming down the court, okay? The game, you're down by 11. I know you don't really care in the grand scheme of things, but you think you'd try to score? I mean, there's 30 seconds left. They come down. All you got to do is score. I'll take the push. You don't need to hit a three. Nope. Throw it out of bounds. Ugh. Brutal. Anyway, I did get the under part right. Uh, what is? But as far as what's going to happen in the series, I don't think anyone's surprised. Um, look. The Heat were the best team in the East throughout the entire playoffs. They deserved to beat the Celtics. They did beat the Celtics. I don't think it mattered which team won that series as far as this one. People think Boston was going to give the Denver Nuggets a good series. No. And I know we're only one game in, but I I said it before yesterday. This is, to me, is a four- or five-game series. This is not one of those ones. The NBA is even at the point now where, they don't even give a damn. It's the Nuggets and the Heat. Just let them let them play four four games. It'll be over. We don't care. We'll move on to next year. I mean, they so wanted Lakers-Celtics. They so, 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 so wanted Lakers-Celtics. And they tried. But the Nuggets were just too damn good. So once the Nuggets won, it's kind of like, well, eh, whatever. We'll just get a couple extra games out of the Southern Series. Not that I'm saying that any shenanigans go on or anything in basketball. No, I would never say that. But, you know... Stuff happens, and they, instead they got Nuggets and Heat. And, uh, you know, I'll watch because I love watching the Joker play, and usually I watch love watching Jimmy Buckets play, but he's been bad. He hasn't been good for a week and a half now. Maybe he's tired. Probably didn't expect to be playing this long. But this is going to be a short series, folks. Um, I don't think it's going to get any better. They just don't have anybody that can cover Jokic. I mean, Adebayo actually did a, a better job last night than I thought. But Jokic wasn't even trying to score. He was good. Look, he's going to get his triple-double, and he started, it's kind of funny. He starts off like an inverted pyramid. He starts off with the, with the assist first, and he gets his 10 assists out of the way. Then he goes and gets his rebounds, and then he starts shooting. If you watch him, that's what he does more often than not. He's got an inverted pyramid, and he gets his triple-doubles. He makes a, It's like a little mini-game inside the game because you know what? Th- these aren't going to be any games. This team just, they're the best team in basketball. I've been saying it for multiple months now. And I don't think there's any debate. We're not going to talk about that much with our guest in a little while. Garland Gillen of Fox eight sports is coming on. We were supposed to just talk about LSU Tulane baseball and a little bit about the Baton Rouge regional and wrap it up with saints OTAs, but we kind of got into a lot of stuff. Uh, It was a fun conversation. I'm not kidding. And Garland is, is fun. He's a little quirky dude. Um, Yeah, I don't care if he hears me say that. I mean, I'm from the West Bank, so you can call me whatever you want to call me. Um, But he's a little quirky, so we go all over the place and have fun with it. Um, And that's what you're supposed to do on a podcast like this. So we had fun this morning for sure. We talked a little bit about, uh, as well as the aforementioned topics, um, LSU football and the eight-game SEC schedule that has been planned, and Satan got his way. He didn't want the nine-game SEC schedule. Although I don't understand, I do not get if Nick Saban is for something, and you're voting from another school in the SEC. If Nick Saban wants an eight game schedule, to me, that's automatic nine game schedule. Oh, you want the eight game schedule? Oh yeah. Well, oh you want the steak? No, we're gonna have chicken tonight. Oh you want chicken? No, we're gonna have fish. Oh you can't you can't eat fish? Oh well give us give us uh, halibut. Uh, give us. I don't know. That just came out. Halibut. I don't know where Halibut came from. But anyway, you know what I mean? If Nick Satan wants something, you give him the opposite. Why would you vote for anything that he wants? Cry baby. Although he's an old man now. So, but anyway, so it's going to be an eight game schedule in 2024 when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Um, It's not, there aren't going to be any more divisions. This will be the last year of Divisions. No more SEC West, which I like. Um, I don't think divisions—they're it, it, kind of unfair anyway, inherently unfair. Just like the whole they're talking about the the permanent opponent thing. Um, you're going to have one permanent opponent, and the other uh, seven are going to rotate. So I don't like that either. I mean, I just have them all have them all rotate. Let's play eight opponents. That means you play everybody you know twice a uh, twice uh, once every other year well i mean why why is it you know and LSU, look alabama is complaining about that too they're going to get auburn they they're upset because you know before they had their permanent you played everybody in your division and then you had one permanent opponent from the other side and their permanent opponent was vanderbilt lsu's permanent opponent was florida So they like that, you know, that's a major advantage for them. But now they're, they have one permanent opponent period and play out, you know, so they don't want it to be Auburn. They don't, you know, it's all about Alabama. It's whatever Alabama wants. But I just, I think I don't, I get the whole rivalry thing, but teams are getting away from that kind of stuff. I think just think you just play every team. There's 16 teams in the SEC, which means you have 15 opponents, and you play every team twice a year. Oh, every other year, I'm sorry. And, you know, it's going to overlap here and there. But for the most part, that's how it should work, in my opinion. And you play Texas A&M in 2024 at College Station, and then in 2026 you play them at Tigers Stadium, and in 2028 you play them back at College Station. Same goes for the other opponents. That's just, to me, that seems logical. But, no, we got to keep the, the the rivalries in there, but it's going to be unfair for some teams. I mean, Auburn gets Alabama, for Christ's sake. You know, LSU's going to probably get Texas A&M. Georgia's going to get Florida. But, you know, why is it fair for Ole Miss to get Mississippi State? You know, say Ole Miss is good for the next 8, 10 years. And Mississippi State isn't. You know, you know that Texas A&M's probably be, going to be really good. And if you're Auburn, you certainly know Alabama's going to be good. That's just, I don't know. Seems pretty easy. But uh, anyway, Garland and I get into that, and we talk a little bit about uh, oh, a few other things. Uh, somehow IROC Z28s and Corvettes came into the conversation. Again, that has something to do with me being from the West Bank and growing up in the 80s and, and I was just commenting on, I know you can't see when you're listening to the podcast. Uh, you know, we have a show, 9.15 every morning on all of our Noah.com and Bet.Noah.com and advocate social media channels. So you, you could go on and find it, but Garland was wearing this uh, this dress shirt and he had it like open down to like the middle of his chest. So, you know, I was just saying that if I can lose enough weight, maybe by the end of the summer... I could be wearing shirts like that. You know, I was a little jealous, I guess. You know, I don't have any hair on my chest, but, I mean, if if I did, I would want everybody to see it, man. I don't blame them. Open that thing up, baby. Let let the world see what you got, my friend. You little chipmunk. Anyway, I digress again. Let's get to Garland and um, talk about the things we're going to talk about. And when we come back... I'm going to wrap up with my song of the day, and uh, I'm going to be saluting a legend that just passed away while we were taking our little mini hiatus. It's all coming up. Here's Garland. On, what's going on, my friend?
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful Friday. It's also, Jim, I know you're not aware of this. It's National Donut Day. I did so, not. I am at Fox 8. I'm in the, at the station. Uh, I went downstairs in the newsroom. They had two dozen donuts down there. <laughs> Um, I might have eaten one, maybe two. I've had a diet Dr Pepper, so I could maybe like run through this uh, this computer right now. I got a lot of um, sugar rushing through my body right now.
0: Well, I'm just gonna say that I've done quite a few Final Bet shows, and all you've ever offered to me is coffee. I've never been offered donuts before, so
1: <laughs> I'm, 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 my feelings are a little hurt. You know,
0: no, no, no donuts on
1: Final Bet. I get I get into work usually about eight forty five nine and I always go down to the newsroom because we have a lot of cooking segments. Right, our morning show goes from four a.m. to ten a.m. six hours of content every weekday on Fox eight. So there's people cooking tacos and there's jambalaya. There's always kind of there's food down in the newsroom all the time. So I always I get in I get to my desk check everything out. My office is upstairs. Then I go downstairs through the newsroom through the kitchen. I kind of just see what's going on and. Usually, about 50% of the time, I'm lucky. I went downstairs today, uh, Jesse Brooks, who works on a desk, I go, hey, it's National Donut Day. I saw it on Twitter this morning. And he goes, oh, they're over there. And, like, Joe's Donuts, got two of them. that's messed Uh, up. Yeah, I'm ready to roll.
0: I'm just saying it's messed up, you know, because, you know, usually when we record the show, we record the show in the morning. I'm just saying there's never good food when I come. Not that I need good food. I mean, you look at me. Well, they
1: got in the kitchen right now. Uh, Bluebell brought some like Dr Pepper uh, float ice cream. Uh-huh. Were, like two gallons of it in the freezer downstairs. So if you roll in the next week or so, you can have all the Dr Pepper. <laughs> Float ice cream from Bluebell You want?
0: You know, it's funny you bring up food as I uh, <laughs> as we digress away from sports here this morning. Sorry, but, I'm sorry, dude. No, no, that's okay. We always do. That's what this show is about. But my monologue, part of my monologue this morning was, you know, there's a certain um, fast food chain that can't seem to get any order right. I mean, they're batting like like forty percent, which is great in baseball. It really sucks uh, when you go order something in the morning and you expect to, you know you're going to eat a certain breakfast sandwich and it's, it's a breakfast burrito, you know? So anyway, <laughs> that's, I think that's I know
1: what, what, I what place you're talking about. I'm uh, not, like, not yeah. going
0: to mention any, any names or anything, but I, you know, so I, that's all, that's all that I had to say. Now. Let's get to sports. Okay. And um, you know, I want to start off with uh, the big baseball. That's uh, going the big baseball regional that's going on. And look, LSU, we're used to LSU being in a regional. And frankly, I mean, we used to be used to Tulane always being in a regional because they were always one of the best baseball teams in the country. But they've slacked off a little bit. But boy, if you would have told me just, I don't know, even a week ago that Tulane was going to be in any regional, much less in the Baton Rouge regional, playing LSU, I would have told you you were nuts. But Garland, the Tulane Green Wave have gotten hot at just the right time.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, they set an NCAA tournament record here uh, with the most losses getting into a regional ever. So yeah. Tulane is on hallowed ground right now with 40 losses, and they're in this tournament. Uh, I don't suggest this as to be a normal thing for uh, Tulane to do because this regular season was absolutely just nasty. It was disgusting. A lot of bad games this season. Um the last time they did go against LSU uh, was a midweek game. And they were in the fight for a while. Now I understand, you know, you're moving around rotations, LSU was, and so was Tulane. Um, but it was a, I thought it was an entertaining matchup. Uh, this could be a little different today. Uh, it could be it's a 2 o'clock game, so I'll be intrigued to see how many people were in the box for these 2 o'clock games. Uh, it will be packed. But um, it, it, it'll it definitely be a different Vibe. I mean, you'll probably have the same batting starting lineup uh, for LSU or around you know eight of the nine guys. I know Tommy White didn't play in the A and M game last week, but Jay Johnson said he will be back in that lineup. You know, Dylan Cruz uh, had some ups and downs, but he's on an eight-game hitting streak right now. I think he's reach-based every game this season. Uh, so the hitters are there. Uh, the the big question mark, you know, is who's going to be the starting pitcher. Jay Johnson has gone into postseason mode where he's not going to talk about injury he's going
0: into bill belichick mode
1: yeah yeah he's been kind of honest uh you know with the media this season but uh the, that has all changed which hey i'm fine with this is this is the postseason uh why give jay allman uh, an idea who's gonna start you know if it's gonna be thatcher Hurd or it's gonna be paul Skeens. um you know i think either one of those guys or you know i think ty Flood would probably be the third starter this weekend but uh you know i Prevailing theory uh, up there in Baton Rouge is that Thatcher Hurd might get the uh, the ball, but you know, um I listened to a national guy and he was going toward Paul Skeen. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen at two o'clock today.
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I guess I can imagine just about anything, but you know, it'd be it'd be to me it'd be would be weird. It would go against what would make the most sense. Although you know, Jay Johnson knows more about baseball and his little pinky than I'll ever know my entire life. But the, the fact that they would not, you know, they would go with schemes on day one, to me, put yourself kind of in trouble if you were to lose game two um, to me, game two is, is the essential game. If something happens and you were to lose game one, which obviously you don't want to do, that would be a nightmare. But at the same time, you still feel really comfortable about winning game two. But the goal to me for this LSU team, obviously besides getting beyond the regional, but the best way to get past this regional is to win your first two games. And you got to think you can beat Tulane. You beat them already in a midweek game, obviously using, I didn't go back and look at the box score, but you know, using pitcher number four, pitcher number five, whoever that might be, you making it a bullpen game or whatever it may be. But to me, you got to save schemes for you know, either Sam Houston or Oregon state to me, that makes the most sense, but you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And a, a lot of, a lot of people, by the time they listen to this, they may be scrubbing forward to this. Cause the the game will have already started, but we hear on live attitude. We talk about what's going on right now. And we don't know who's going to pitch as of right now.
1: Yeah. I say national guy. I'll just say it was Kendall Rogers. D one baseball okay, yeah. who's very tuned in. Okay. He knows way more about college baseball, uh than I do uh you know he's talking to every single uh coach in America people behind the scenes he's the one that threw it out there uh yesterday on WWL radio I heard on my jog this morning and I was like oh that's a different point of view because everything I'd heard uh you know that Thatcher heard would probably be the guy uh so that there there's just you know there's an uh, a differing opinion so you know Kendall knows his stuff so we we will see uh, today um the Only way I could happen is because they just, you know, think uh, Tulane is absolutely red hot. I mean, they beat Houston twice. They beat East Carolina in the final. East Carolina wanted probably to host a regional. So they were fighting for something. You know, I I know the big talking point is, oh, they really didn't care about the tournament. You know, that's why they didn't win it. I think East Carolina had a shot to get a regional and they were all out, going all out. Now, I will say the difference is when I just said that, I don't think Jay Johnson wanted to win the SEC tournament. I don't really think he cared about winning it. He knew they were going to be a top eight national seed. No way to stretch your uh, pitching staff thin going all the way to Sunday. So I understand, um, uh, you know, differing theories. I think Paul Maneri wanted to win the SEC tournament more often than not. It, Jay Johnson didn't want to, didn't, didn't really think he needed to. They got a national seed, so they got what they wanted out of the tournament. Uh, everybody got their uh, run in the rotation. So it's just different ways to do it. But Tulane is is red hot right now. Uh, they're one of the biggest talking points in in the country in baseball, which I did not expect to be saying a week ago. But they just tore through the AAC tournament in Clearwater, Florida, and now uh, they got some hot hitters. Tao Banks is absolutely on a tear. He is. Three home runs last weekend. I think he had 11 RBI. Yeah. Um, the Permian uh, Texas native is, uh, or oh, sorry, went to Permian High in Odessa, Texas. So he he's definitely tearing it up like he did in the past. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, dude, think about this: LSU's first sporting event ever as a school was 1893, and they played Tulane in baseball and beat them. So th- this has some history to it.
0: Yeah, I was only like five years old then. Uh, <laughs> I, I barely remember it, girl. And I tried to. I think my dad took me out to the game, but I, I really don't remember much from it. Jerry is with us as always. Says, "Hey, fellas!" And then Boogie Brown. He says, uh, "Louisiana sports rising again." Tulane won our Super Bowl last year. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. LSU had, did good. Uh, this year should be an excellent year. Saints should win the NFC Championship game. Okay, that, that might be going a little Woo! bit too far. Garland and I going to get into that in just a little bit. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to. If you think the Saints are going go to go the NFC Championship game, you could, you can make a little little, little scratch uh, going by, going bet on it right now, but. I want to stick with this regional for just a few more minutes because you know, if you look at the schedule here, um, Garland, I, I think, and I and I missed that they were seventh in the AAC. By the way, Tulane. I just forgot to type that in. That's okay. I did this late at night last. It's a beautiful
1: night. graphic, yeah. still. I love oh, the graphic. I well, mean, you got teams, you. everything. This you is know, beautiful. I, to look yeah,
0: at. I, I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't do this at midnight, but uh, it is what it is. All right, so you know, LSU, the one seat is everyone. Expected the fifth seed overall national seed. I didn't realize when I was doing this, they ended up finishing fifth in the SEC in baseball. I mean, the number one team in the nation for probably 75% of the season ended up fifth in the SEC. That just goes to show you how crazy, ridiculously good we talk about SC football, but people forget the SEC in baseball is. Just dominant. I mean, they are way better in baseball than they are in football, and that is saying something. Anyway, game one, as we talked about, 2 o'clock this afternoon, LSU opens up with Tulane on ESPNU. And then tonight, I mean, this is a really good game. You're talking about two pretty good teams uh, as a 2 and a 3 seed in this regional. Garland. I mean, we don't need to get into the players, but I, I have done some research on this team, and both of these teams have decent pitching. Oregon State and Zam Houston I tell you what, whoever, if Elshu is fortunate enough to beat Tulane, whoever they get out of that game two tomorrow night, again, assuming that they win, I'm not saying they're going to win Tulane fans. Don't get upset at me like you did yesterday. I'm just saying they're supposed to win They're overwhelming favorites. They're basically one to six favorites to win this game today. So I'm not taking a big leap to say they have an excellent chance to win, but if they were to win either one of these teams, they would get tomorrow. Garland is going to be a tough out for sure.
1: Yeah, and you know what's bizarre. Also, you're looking at this beautiful graphic that you stayed up at midnight to make. And I knew this already. I listened to like a couple of podcasts this morning and breaking down this regional. Uh, Sam Houston is in the whack. I, that that is still like. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I've been, I'm very aware of they're in the whack. You know, I know they're not in the southland anymore. They left. I but, had to go look that
0: up, by the way, because I was about to type in southland. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think they're in the southland anymore. They so didn't play bizarre that they're in
1: the whack because my my first. Uh, full-time on-air gig was in the M- Monroe, and I covered Louisiana Tech with Luke McCown as a starting quarterback. They were in the WAC. And, uh, you know, they played – this shows you how long I've been in the business. Uh, I went actually out to Fresno in 2001. They played David Carr in the Fresno State Bulldogs in 01. Luke McCown was a quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, so I've been through many iterations of the WAC – uh, and that now it's Sam Houston's in there. Back in the day, Tech and Fresno were in the whack. So it no. uh, it shows you how much shuffling they have to do with these conferences. in, uh, and, and we're gonna be doing it again. You know, next year you'll see Texas and OU in the uh, SEC. So uh, it, it and Colorado might be in the big. Twelve, it, it's you know, it's kind it's, of fun to see uh, what could happen with these conferences, but also it could make your head explode.
0: It's, it's constant movement. It, it really is. It's so weird. And I mean, you know, while we're on the the topic, and you're talking about all these different conferences, what do you think about? It's timely. We never really, I never told you that we're going to talk about this, but you know, you're the LSU football guru. Uh, eight game SEC schedule at least to start when Texas and Oklahoma come in in 2024. What do you think about this new schedule set up? I know Nick Saban was staunchly against the nine game schedule, just making a big deal about what, and and I think eventually they're going to go to nine games and should, frankly, Uh, I get why they're going to stick with eight for now, but uh, what does that do to permanent opponents? Obviously no divisions anymore coming up in football, which I think is going to be a little weird, but I think I like it. I think I'd rather it like this, but uh, you are going to have permanent opponents.
1: Yeah, quote I actually wanted the nine-game conference schedule. Um, I knew that this was in jeopardy—the nine-game conference schedule. When Nick Saban, uh, you know, kind of threw it out there, the Ross Dellinger on SI, I said, "Uh oh." When he, he this isn't some big scoop that Dellinger got. Like, you know, Nick Saban uses the media to get his information out, and when he used uh, Ross uh, to get that information, I said, "Uh, this this nine-game schedule is doomed." Uh, when when Saban is, is uh, taking a, a a proverbial dump on it, and yeah. we got we got an eight game schedule in twenty twenty four, five of the fourteen schools voted for the nine game uh, schedule, and LSU good by them were one of the five. Now Texas and OU are uh, don't have a vote this year, yeah, but they will yeah. next year, and they wanted a, the the uh, nine game schedule, so that means they'll be up to seven votes uh, out of sixteen. So you need a majority. So I, I really hope in 2025 we can get to this nine-game schedule, but we'll have the eight-game schedule. Very bizarre. We're gonna have we're gonna have 16 teams in no, only one division. Uh, I mean that that's gonna be something to uh, behold. But um, I, I I understand maybe. Just, my my,
0: my big question to you, Garland, is if you were an SEC school and you had the vote, why wouldn't you just vote against Saban, no matter what he wanted?
1: Yeah, and and I don't know why they're going against this nine-game schedule because starting in 2024, we're gonna have the uh, the big playoff here where we have 12 teams. So you could almost have three losses, Jim, and still get yeah. in to the to the uh, NCAA you know tournament of football where you yeah. have four teams with buys that are conference the top conference champions, and then you have eight teams playing in that first round. Um, I, you could have two to three losses, but they love, uh, you know, these sec schools want that extra home game. Uh, they want an opponent where they can absolutely smack around and win 63, nothing. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to, it, it, I, 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 Hey, I'm, I'm with Scott Woodward and them, at least they, LSU went the way of the nine game schedule. It just didn't work for 2024.
0: I think it's going to happen. Uh, it might not happen right away, but I think it's going to happen. One of the things that I guess concerns me is and, and I, I didn't see this part, but did they? I'm assuming since they went with the eight-game schedule, they went with the three permanent opponents?
1: Did no, no, be, they're
0: going to just do the one. It is going to be one. Okay, so that that I do like, okay? I I'm wish just, you didn't I, have any. I wish you didn't have any, to be honest. I, I understand the, the whole rivalry thing, but I hate the fact that, you know, some schools are going to get away with murder here. Now, Alabama's going to get Auburn, so they're going to get away from, you know, they were playing, I think, Vanderbilt every year. Um, so, and uh, while LSU was getting Florida every year, which was completely unfair, but just the fact, and I get, again, I get what they're trying to do, but it's inherently unfair if you're going to get like LSU gets Texas A&M, which it could be worse, I guess, but you know, you're getting a team that is perennially in the top 15 or top 20 every year, you know, Auburn gets screwed even more. They get Alabama, who's obviously in the top five every year, um, but I guess Georgia gets Florida. I didn't look, but I'm assuming that's what what, what they get. But I mean, you go through all this, Garland, and I, I just just randomize it up, and you play. You go through. There are sixteen teams in there, and if you're going to do it this way, you play seven teams one year, and the next year you play seven more teams, and so basically you're going to play everybody every other year, and I think that's good enough.
1: That would be good, and I, I love how. SEC just trying to get the pump up their numbers. They're going to reveal the schedules on June 14th on SEC network. Like it's going to be a big television. They're trying to be the
0: NFL. I mean, they really are.
1: Hey, uh, you know, the SEC is trying to build their brand, the SEC network. uh, So I just got a kick out of That's how they're going to release uh, these schedules. I mean, I'm I'm gonna get back to like 2023, so you yeah. know they they I when they, when they're releasing the 2024 schedule before we even get the 2023 schedule rolling, um that that's a little crazy town, but um uh, you know I'm I'm more excited that LSU released uh, the, the the game times for their first three games this year. Uh, we know the first three games were two lane and you know I'm super like fired up that LSU is in prime time against Florida State that first weekend, a Labor weekend, and then the next week. Uh, that LSU uh, will play host to Grambling. I'll probably be at Tulane though. Tulane playing Ole Miss at 2 30 in the afternoon. It's going to be a thousand degrees on that that field turf at Yuleman. Yep, it sure will. It should be sold out. Uh, I think the crowd's going to be raucous. I'm very intrigued to see there's so many Ole Miss alumni in New Orleans. I really yeah. it, it cannot wait to get there an hour and a half before kickoff, one o'clock, and see. If, uh, where it it goes down to, is it 50, 50, uh, Ole Miss? Two oh, lane? no,
0: I don't what think. You, what you think? Not at Yulman. I think it's going to be 65 or 70% two fans. I mean, at Yulman,
1: I mean, yeah, it's, if
0: it's, it were it, in the yeah, dome, it would be different because you could fit more people and Tulane's not going to fit all that many people in there. But in, in small Yulman, which by the way, is one of the, if you haven't been to Yulman stadium, it's phenomenal. You need to go to Yulman stadium, whether you're a two fan or not, it is a, Great and it's a phenom not great. It's a phenomenal place to watch local football, especially, you know, not just Tulane. There's a lot of high school for, I've done a lot of high school games at Yeoman and it's a great place to watch a game. But yeah. I think in that small venue, Garland, I think it'll I think it'll be more Tulane fans.
1: Yeah, it'll be uh you, you know, one of the other things you talk about how great that place is, is that the the fans are right on top of the action. Yeah. I mean they I can hear when I'm in the end zone, uh the, the student section in zone, I can hear conversations between the yep. like students. Uh, it, they are right on top of the action. The press box is—it's kind of cramped, but you're—you're you're right there. You're on the 50-yard line. Uh, you have a beautiful view uh, of Ullman Stadium. I mean, you know, at, at Saints games, you're up in the nosebleeds. Uh, they got the AC unit right on top of you. It's 50 yeah. degrees in the press box at two, at, uh, at at the uh, Superdome. So uh, yeah, it's,
0: so you won't it, have to worry about it being a hundred degrees on the field, except when you're doing your little post game shoot. Other than that, you'll be nice and chill. Well, well,
1: I will. So I will say this, Jim, um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. So uh, I don't know if you watched the, the, the documentary Algiers in America. Um, I haven't. I haven't okay. yet. Well, so we gave a lot of video to Algiers America. Um, I cover car a lot. So I'm out there a lot. So they followed me around when I shot some of the practices. Well, in one of them, um, they show me shooting a stand-up, which is me in front of the camera, you know, Garland Gillen, and it's me by myself. You know, I got the tripod, I got the camera, I'm standing in front of the mic, and then it shows me doing my sig out in the documentary, Garland Gillen, Fox 8 Sports. Well, then it shows me going and turning the camera off, and like, and, and one of my uh, friends goes, I didn't realize you do all that. I go, dude... This is local television, okay? This isn't this isn't national television. And the word I used, and he loved the word, I use I said local television can be gritty. Okay. I do, I would probably say about 75% of the work I do, I'm by myself. A right. lot of I, I shoot a lot of these games. A lot of the SEC LSU games on the road, I get up on Saturday morning by myself, drive to Tuscaloosa, drive to Auburn, drive to Stark Vegas, drive to Oxford. Uh, I leave in the morning and I'm gone, and I'm usually by myself uh, for these SEC games. So I do a lot of my own work. Um, Two lane games, I'll probably say 50% of the time I shoot the games, and the other 50 I'm in the press box. LSU, more than not, uh, my main photog, Edwin Good, who does a fantastic job, he's our main Saints photog. I don't like using him for Saturday night games when the Saints play the next day at noon for home games. And he, he goes to every – we're the only TV station in New Orleans that goes to every single Saints road game. Sean Pazan and Edwin Good are on the road. So Shaw, Edwin's usually out of the mix to shoot a lot of games uh, on, on Saturdays. He and I are together on Friday night for high school football because he usually flies out on Saturday. Yeah, but to get back to my main point, I shoot a lot of these games by myself and, you know, local TV, I don't have a makeup guy, you know, I don't wear makeup a lot. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just, you know, it doesn't really, I, I know that HD cameras can be unappealing. Sometimes they get real in your face, but, uh, don't have a makeup guy. don't have a, uh, a uh, uh, budget for clothes. I usually shoot a lot of my stuff by myself.
0: I've been trying to get a makeup guy for data too. They have not approved that yet. Uh, I've been working on it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, But the inner workings of local television, you know, it, it's not much different. You know, I guess not anyone would expect it to be different, but you know, when, when I first started doing play by play, um, when I, there was a year when I didn't have Jim Rapier by my side, as Jerry says that you do awesome work. So I I figured you, you should know that, um, but you know, when I didn't have Jim Rapier by my side for the one season, I was doing play-by-play from sideline from a sideline. Whoa! Um, and keeping stats and having this—the microphone was all rigged up through my shirt. I remember seeing
1: that. I remember seeing you on the sideline. I think it was either it like an East Saint John, into, or-
0: oh yeah, all over the place. I mean, but luckily the 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 coaches were cool. I knew the the coaches that would be cool enough for me to do it like that. Um, some coaches were not okay so you would go to the visiting sideline if the other coach was cool or sometimes you just had to go 20 to 20 and hope you could see enough to to call it the right way but that was a fun year let me tell you doing play by play from a sideline during a game and keeping stats um you know people say they'll come up and see me in the press box and keeping stats while I'm doing how do you do that uh, well I got a color analyst right now and I don't have to talk all the time and I don't have to walk back and forth so it's a lot easier now than it used to be but, uh, yeah, no, we, no. We I, all do I, what we got to do behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I, I was at the golf tournament, uh, the Zur Classic, and I was carrying around Edwin's tripod. And they're like, You carry around a tripod? I'm like, yeah, this is. This, you got to you know, do what you got to do. We're not fancy, okay? This is no. this is local television. It gets it gets gritty, it gets really sweaty. Uh, yeah. it's hard work. It's not easy. I just don't roll up in a press box, put a headset on or get in front of a microphone. It's it's good work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great work to be in, but it's tough. And yeah, I do remember you doing that. Dude, I don't know how you do sideline of of a full game cuz at least when you're up up top, you can kind of see the numbers. When you're even on the ground, like Edwin, sometimes you know we, we do Fox A Football Friday, and and Edwin and I do the game. Down. And, what's that?
0: You got to write them down.
1: Yeah, well, in, in the game of the week, sometimes the play happens. I'm 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 writing down the play, and then another big play happens. Sometimes, luckily, you know we have fancier cameras these days than back in the old school days. Edwin replays it in his camera because I don't see the numbers. It's right. happening so fast because I'm trying to write down the plays for my script. And it, you know, it, so for you to be on the sideline and having to like go so and so through the so and so and like make sure you get it right the first time, hey, yeah, you're doing you're doing great. Well, work I will because- tell
0: you this. I will tell you this, and I'll say this to any if there's any high school football coach out there listening that gives a damn. Yeah. Um, look, I love St Charles Catholic, but last year in the semifinals, that was our final game of the year last year. and I do you know those who don't know, I do play by play for varsity sports now every Friday. Well, actually, not just football season, but um, we do a game of the week on Fridays during football season. And the last game that we did last year, semifinals, St. Charles Catholic against Notre Dame. Thank you, Notre Dame, for wearing white jerseys with red numbers on them. But St. Charles, wears sometimes at home, wears these black jerseys with these blue numbers on them. And oh. they are so hard to read. And if you don't know the team, even if you do know the team, because their two running backs look a lot alike. They're hard to tell, like their body. You know, a lot of times if the body structure is different, you don't need a number after like the first three or four handoffs, you can tell who it is or whatever and who certain wideouts are or whatever. And you know who the quarterback is, but man, St. Charles, it's, and St. Charles isn't the only one. I had a Holy uh, Helen Cox game. That was very, very similar. They wear their, they wear black jerseys with like these dark red numbers on them. And it's just high school sports, all sports, eliminate that, eliminate, Wearing dark numbers on dark jerseys. It is not a friend. And you might as well not even wear numbers. You can't see them. Stop it. So nobody wants to hear me rant about that. But that—that that is the thing for, you know, you're talking about hard to see. I'd rather be on a sideline with that kind of stuff because you can see that from a press box. It's a lot harder to see those numbers, you know.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Wayne Stein's won back-to-back I state titles at St. Charles Catholic. So maybe, he, you know, he's always trying to think of an edge. So maybe film-wise, he he has those dark numbers. So when, Um, you know, get that coach's film, you're like, wait a second, who was that? I think,
0: you know what, you joke, but I guarantee you that is part of it. Weinstein thinks of these things. I promise you that is definitely a part of it to make it harder for the the film people because he doesn't give out, I mean, I don't think I'm giving out a secret here. He doesn't really give out film and baseball, and they don't do film, and they don't put their huddle, they don't put huddle, film on huddle or anything for baseball. You can't really get uh, a lot of scouting on St. Charles Catholic when it comes to baseball, and I'm just saying. So, you know, you have to go find them if they play someone on VSN like Newman, who is a partner school of VSN, by the way. Not that I'm shamelessly plugging anything, but, you know, it's not always easy to find. But
1: and, and shout out to read. Wayne Stein back-to-back state titles in exactly. football, and three out of four yeah. in baseball. Yes. And he, and he retired from, from as being the baseball coach because he's also the AD. I mean, he, he, he is one of our best coaches in our area. The, the, There's the no racket, question. That many state titles in those two sports. Uh, Wayne, Wayne is in a, in a different class right now.
0: And he was a guest on a uh, way back, uh, when, I don't remember what, what episode it was, but, uh, it was, uh, he he told a story about how, you know, about all the things they had to go through for the hurricane. And just, you know, because Wayne and I had a long conversation right after Ida and, you know, I, they were back on the field within a few weeks. And yet some of the kids didn't have any place to live. That is a, again, I'm digressing, but Wayne Stein was, might've been the best show we ever did. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, the story that he told about his kids and where they were and how they you know, had to survive for basic. And they went on to the state championship game that year. Uh, yeah, just no, an incredible, incredible Won the state championship. Actually, it's an incredible you know, story.
1: You, Jim, uh, my favorite thing that covers football from high school, Mine to college too. to pro uh, covering pro football is not easy. You know, everything's controlled by, you know, by the organization. Times they talk it's, it, you know, college a little easier, but still difficulties, everything's controlled by the school. I sometimes prefer just to, I like covering high school because it's it, it's easier to deal with the coaches, the kids, and right. you just have time to tell really good stories. Uh, the people want to get that story out there. And as you said, Wayne Stein's one of those thoughtful coaches uh, that gives you some, some really good insight. There's some other coaches – um, that don't give you good insight. One, I'm just retired recently. I'm not going to go in his name. So it, it happens. You know, you mm. get mostly you get the good. Most of these coaches. Yeah. I mean, I could listen to Coach Salt talk for an oh, hour. Oh Lordy, you know? good.
0: My good friend Nick Salt. Yeah, I, I could
1: I can listen to Coach Salt talk forever. J T. Curtis. I love going to his practices, and I'll interview the kid. Uh, one of his kids, and then JT, and then I'll turn the camera off and talk to him for like 30 minutes about just ball, like what's going on with this and that. Uh, Nelson Stewart's one of those guys. Ryan love Mark Bonis. So there's guys in the area. Greg Salter,
0: baby. If I had 100, i I've say this a thousand times when I was covering high school, if I had uh, 100 Greg Salters, my job would have been super easy.
1: Yeah, when he had that stud running back, I was I was over at the Cow Palace uh, uh, two or three times this year. Uh, his the kid who went to Utah, Devin Detroit, Brumfield. Yes. That's still a good day. That was one of the best games ever when uh, Brumfield went against Alpuka uh, Williams yes. when uh, Covington played home Yes, ball. Um, you know, man, we are going way into the weeds right now. I'm sorry for the viewers. Oh, it's here, okay. But,
0: Sometimes it happens. I and I enjoy it. I don't know if the if the viewers listen. They they usually do. They, well, at least like, we're giving a
1: lot of shout-outs here. You know, we we're are. giving a lot of love on the show. High school football coaches. We're going to baseball. We we're supposed to talk about Saints OTAs. I gave Saints a little, uh, you know, talk there, but that was about how difficult it is to cover them sometimes.
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna we got about ten minutes left, so let's let's get to Saints. That's a good segue. There we go. That's a good segue. I think it's a, it works out well. Um, Saints OTAs this week, and you know, eight weeks to training camp. It's hard to believe. I mean, but th- this is kind of when. We try to take our breaks, but it never, it seems like every year your, your break window gets kind of like small and smaller. You know, we didn't have data through the last two weeks and I know I'm going to take two weeks. I think one week, the end of June and fourth uh, July week off before we get back into it for real. But you know, wrapping up OTAs, it seems to me that quietly, and, and I don't, I think one of you guys, I don't know whether Sean said it or whether you said it um, on the final bet show Uh, last night, but there's like a quiet confidence back there. And I agree wholeheartedly. Derek Carr, and again, like I think Sean said it, he's not Drew Brees. He's not supposed to be Drew Brees, but it's the first thing, the first guy that we've had, and it's only been three years now, since Drew Brees that makes you feel like, to me, there's a real NFL quarter. No offense to James Winston, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, go down the list. But it makes you feel like this team actually has a real quarterback now.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and he he he's got the gun show rolling. He's got the sleeves, uh, you know, cut off sleeves on the hoodies. Uh, he uh, he. I tell you one thing. He's also the king of the one liners. In, in a press conference, he had uh, uh, us rolling with those uh, one liners when he talked to the media on the first day of OTAs. Uh, he's got some great weapons, uh, Jim. I know he probably will not have Alvin Kamara uh, during these OTAs. Um, you know, it, what this is. This is basic Algebra 101, this playbook.
0: Is so that going to have um, Alvin but, Kamara for part of the season, too?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, his uh, court date is July 31st uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, so that is something definitely to watch. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be Jamal Williams. We'll probably might get a lot of at the beginning of the season. Kendra yeah. Miller, you hope, is healthy. He's not been uh, practicing at all. And OTA has been over on the um, you know on the side working with uh, the trainers. Um, so he – but. I mean, a tight end. I, I I can't believe we're saying this now, but, Jim, I think a tight end is now really strong. Now, the Foster Morel, you have Lucas Crawl, second-year guy out of Pittsburgh. You keep
0: talking about that guy. You love that guy, don't you?
1: Well, not as much as Sean Fazan does. Sean, oh, okay. Sean, I think you Sean guys is talking
0: about crawl all the time on, on your, well, you the know, first OTA, he, like,
1: he tore it up in that first OTA. Okay. Uh, and I think that they're going to, uh, you know, I think Derek Carr loves the tight end position. I mean, look at Waller was his main guy uh, yeah. when, when he was with, uh, when he was with uh, uh, the Raiders. Yeah. Sorry. I got a lot of action in the sports yeah. office. Now everybody's getting ready to go to Baton Rouge. So I got Edwin Gudo. I gave a lot of shout out to, we just rolled up in the room. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he loved the tight end position uh, when he was with the Raiders. And now and now he has Foster Morel. And he has, uh, and, oh, I guess we could say Taysom Hill. I mean, yeah. initially, he's uh, listed a tight end. but uh, And don't forget Juwan. I, I'm I mean, I'm going to can forget
0: to, the, the number one tight end. Juwan
1: Johnson. I'm getting to yeah, Juwan uh, Johnson, okay. too. He's the, he's the main guy, Juwan Johnson. Uh, yeah, this he, a, he, he the, looked really strong also. So you have three. And if you count Taysom. Four viable options to tight end. I think the most intriguing thing with this this offense uh, is who is going to be the fourth and fifth wide receiver. It yeah. is uh, if Michael Thomas is going to be healthy. Because I've called this out numerous times on Final Bet Overtime. Uh, I was waiting this offseason to see the Michael Thomas Instagram sizzle reel workout. You know, he's doing the, you know, all these workouts. They've now come out. I knew that the the workout videos were going to be coming sooner or later. But I want to know, you know, once he's got this hardware out, when is he going to be ready to roll? Because I, I've seen numerous uh, players post these Instagram, you know, workout videos. And I'm not impressed because, well, you know.
0: Well, he's rejuvenated again because he's got a new quarterback. So this should last, I'd say, at least until like week two or week three, Garland, that he's excited about the season. So, (laughs) I I, I mean, you got to think that he makes it till at least week three before something his toe hurts or, you know, his, his little pinky is bothering him or something.
1: Well, we'll say this, Jim, he's only on a one-year deal. Like this is, this is his contract year. If he wants to uh, get another team. In on the Michael Thomas sweepstakes, uh, the, the upcoming offseason of 2024. Yeah. Uh, he's got to uh, show out. I, I would probably think uh, you, that he's going to probably fight through some injuries a little more this season because uh, he's missing out on a paycheck. If, if he's out this whole season, what is he really going to get next year? A one year deal from another team, a show me, uh, probably a show me contract. Uh, Marcus Davenport to the Vikings, one year show me contract. I mean, Davenport's had so many injuries. I uh, mean the Vikings only giving him a one year deal. So that that's if MT doesn't uh play a significant amount of snaps this year, then then that's gonna be on him. Yeah, you, know, you know, I know I don't he's know, man. Him that, that
0: that dude's gonna be able to sign. I mean he 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 might not get the big money that he's looking for, but that dude could play one or two games and just go find another job somewhere because I think he's probably
1: that lucky. I don't I don't yeah. know. He he well he's already made his money. Well, I mean, exactly. he, he's already made it you know he he's uh I know I know that Derek Carr said one of the reasons that you know he got excited about being the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints is that Michael Thomas is one of his receivers uh Olave is going to kill it this year I think he'll go for another thousand yards double double uh double deuce Rashid Shahid is looking absolutely fantastic he's, he's going to be great yeah no TAs uh Probably gonna put on, you know, he's put on some weight. Don't want to put on too much weight. Don't want to lose. do want to team. slow slow down. Right, right. You, you know, so and then, but after that, it's like, who, you know, is it Brian Edwards He used to play with with uh, Derek in 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 Oak? I mean, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, they signed James Washington. Uh, you know, former Steeler uh, Waters. DeAndre
0: Andre Hopkins. Oh no, I'm just kidding. That's that's not gonna happen. People talk about it.
1: I I would probably think Bills and Chiefs are some good options. I do not. They don't have the I do money. Not buy any of the, the. He's going back to the Texans. Like I'm like what? Say Bills what? and Chiefs like, don't have
0: the money. Their salary cap stripped right now.
1: Jim, wait a second. Jim, that, we're in New Orleans, okay? How many times have we said that the you know the Saints are have salary cap issues and all of a sudden they co-sign? The uh,
0: Saints are the Saints are actually number six in the NFL right now. With salary cap space. I don't know if you knew that or not.
1: No, no, I know that. But I guarantee that the bills are chiefs. That they want to make something happen. Uh, If DeAndre Hopkins wants to take a a deal where he just wants to win a ring, there's a possibility that he can do that Um, with the Texans. I don't know. Uh, By the way, you, you speak about final bet. I don't know if you how much you caught. I don't know if you watched the A block, but we went through the spreads of the I did. 16 games Yeah, uh, I did. out of the 17. Yep. Um, I am going to stick with my C.J. Stroud, uh, um, you know, oh, you were
0: uh, You were pretty harsh on C.J. Stroud. You keep bringing up this stupid test that I don't – no one talks. I mean, <laughs> That's I, only a small who part. cares? Who cares? I mean, if he didn't do well. Uh, and Zach Ewing talks about it too. So, I mean, it's like – Though, well, it's proven, that uh, you know what? Here's what's proof: the, the reason why I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback has nothing to do with the stupid test. It has to do with the fact of there's never been an Ohio State quarterback that's done jack in his career. I mean, Justin Fields hasn't done jack, uh, and he's not going to do jack. I think he's overrated. That's a whole another story. So yeah. that's why I don't think CJ Stroud is going to be any good. As we digress again, but I, I, I think it's a great. Great point. I mean, but you keep bringing up C.J. Stride. You're all over C.J. Stride.
1: Well, that's a little small part. Um, I uh, I also pointed out there were some things going on with the main pass camp. I'm not going to get into it on the show. I know okay. Brady Quinn and Ryan Clark got into it on Twitter, so I'm not going to get into those wars. But I, I heard some things that, that I didn't like to hear on that. Um, so you Ryan
0: Clark is a Shaw grad, so he gets into a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, 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 and dude, I'm not getting any of those discussions. They can, they can have at it. Those are national guys. They can do what they do. We but, can uh, do it
0: too if we want. No, we can do no, whatever we want.
1: I will say this: I, I just think the organization from the top is it, it, been kind of a mess with Houston. Uh, they made a lot of, uh, you know, problem hires with coaches that just have not panned out. Uh, I think their personnel, like, it, it, it just it. Well, it's, it's it. They got a good coach now, with D'Amico Ryan, so maybe they can figure it out, but. Uh, right now I'm I'm off on CJ Stroud, but as I also pointed out in, in final bed, they, they're not wanting to trade Davis mills right now. And I'm like, say what? I mean, Davis mills, the, the most great quad by Davis mills. It, it Google this. He has like the longest neck I've ever seen on a human being The longest neck. Just type in Davis mills. And then maybe like on Google neck will like pop up. Dude, his neck is like insane. So he's like a Turkey or something. It it it's something to behold. So yeah. I, would, I would definitely. It, it, so you got Davis Mills and you got uh, C J Stroud. That is the Saints. Their biggest, uh, one of the biggest like favorites for the Saints this year is their road game at Houston. The three point favorites. So that was one. Um, yeah, they're
0: all within like four. I mean, they're all within like uh, they're even to to four and a half. I think is the biggest one I saw.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, won. four and a half at home against the Bucs is their no. biggest favorite of the season. Their biggest road favorite is when they're at Houston. That's and all going
0: to change, by the way.
1: Yeah, no, their biggest road dog is is uh, is at the Patriots and Vikings. And then I got I, I got Juan and Sean on this. Wonky uh, Kate, Sean, and my coworkers. They're only ro- they're only dogs in one home game. And this is another thing that I've been all over this off season.
0: The Detroit, she, or Detroit or Jacksonville? They Detroit or Jacksonville? They're like a w- one point underdog. One I point think.
1: under, which is not much, but I'm still like, yeah. what is happening? Like the love affair with Detroit Lions? It's
0: is, insane. It's, it, it's it's absolutely wild. insane.
1: I I'm not an advocate for betting. Neither am I. Uh, games this early, but you can get on Caesar Sports right now. Like Detroit Lions are one point favorite of the Saints. You can take the Saints right now plus one. And I have no problem with maybe throwing like a 50 spot on that right now. I agree. I, 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 that, that, that one blows my mind. The Saints are actually one-point favorites over the Jaguars right now. The Jaguars were in the playoffs last year with a really good and, quarterback. I don't think Jared Goff – I don't know if Jared Goff can do this the same thing he did last year, this year. I know he's got a Monroe St. Brown, but he did lose Jamal Williams. He did lose DeAndre Sift. I know he picked up Jamar Gibbs. Uh, I know we got Montgomery, Yeah, but front.
0: they got a whole new backfield, uh, an entirely yeah. new backfield, which I don't understand why a team would want to do that. I think they panicked when they picked Jameer Gibbs to me. It's like, they didn't know what to do in that spot. I think they were looking for whoever was right in front of them. And they kind of, Oh sh- shoot. We only have I almost did it. We, have, <laughs> oh, shoot, we only have 10 minutes to pick and I just got to throw something out there. I mean, I think they panicked.
1: There's was a lot of scrutiny over that pick because the Detroit probably could have got Jameer Gibbs later in that round. They kind of reached, I think they got him at 12. I think yeah, was a little 12. too high. Uh, so, uh, but now, you know, they, they trade DeAndre Swift to the Eagles and they, they lost, you know, uh, they lost running back to, you know, going to the Saints, Jamal Williams. So uh, they, they lost some guys. I, they got Montgomery from the bears. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was not on the way down team. to me. It's not the same team that beat Green Bay on Sunday Night Football and knocked Green Bay out of the playoffs. I agree, playoffs. Um, I agree hey, wholeheartedly. We're going to see it all in Week and One. They're at they're at Kansas City in the big opener. Yeah, they're going to the get, get ripped.
0: They're uh, going to get ripped. And by the way, uh, they also, um, you know, they have a couple suspended players who were dumb enough to be gambling. Cameron Williams. Yeah. I mean, you can't get, look, Obviously, I'm a sports betting writer, so I'm a gambling advocate, but not if you play sports. If you play professional sports for a living, it's the same as smoking weed and doing whatever else you want to do that you're not supposed to do. When you retire, do whatever the hell you want to do. Just don't do it while you're playing football moron. So, I mean, the fact that you got that on the lions as well shows me that they're not not very, very bright. We have a question for you. I know we only got a couple more minutes. Uh, Jerry asked uh, Garland, do you think the saints will sign Hunter Renfro? Um, He's, Forgiving, we forgive you. Of course, we forgive you, Jerry. Hunter Renfro, he wants to know. I I actually think that if they're going to go out and sign a receiver, and again, he's still a Raider right now. So we don't, he's probably going to be a post June one when it's June 2nd. So, but he's probably going to be a post June one release, most likely. But if he gets released, do you think that the Saints would go out and look for a Hunter Renfro and try to sign?
1: Uh, th- that is, uh, that is, that is a good option. I mean, are we just going to get every like Las Vegas Raider that, that, uh, that Derek Carr hey, likes? Uh, why not? Yeah. They,
0: they... You notice oh. he's not going out and getting any of his offensive linemen.
1: Well, I will say this, the, the, the Raiders, um, in the, in the second segment of final bet, we went over who could win the Caleb Williams, uh, sweepstakes, yeah. uh, with over under win totals yeah. right now, the over under win total of, of the Raiders is seven and a half. But if this Jimmy G thing, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, injury situation gets yeah. nasty, and surgery, they, yeah. yeah, and they have to and they have to cut him, or they can just get out of the contract and have to pay him a cent. This
0: is my quarterback,
1: Brian Hoyer's their backup right oh. now. I I say, uh, you know what? Then if yikes. they if they really get some indications that that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be ready to roll, yeah, um, maybe they do they do part ways with Hunter Renfro and just burn this thing into the ground, and then. Win like three or four games, and then that's boom. very
0: possible.
1: And then get, and then you get Caleb Williams. The, the, the be the rebirth of your franchise. Yeah, but you
0: know how, how many teams can tank? Because I've already heard this. Like, so this team should tank. This team should tank. This team should tank, and go get Kayla Williams. First of all, you don't know if Kayla Williams is going to be that. I mean, the the thought of any team tanking on purpose is just completely asinine. You brought up Tampa Bay potentially tanking. Yes, oh, they final. got a
1: great. I mean, it, yeah, but I mean, why
0: why would any team tank going into a season? Dude, you you got to be an absolute moron to want to tank before game one,
1: Jim. They tanked already by signing Baker Mayfield. They they're already into the tank. Mode. I
0: don't necessarily deny that. You, you didn't get who you wanted. Great. Fine. And dandy, but good Lord. I mean, no, no, but, you tank before no, week if,
1: one, if Jimmy, what Garoppolo is not ready to roll and they stick with Brian Hoyer quarterback. They're, they are showing their hand that they're not taking this season seriously. I really think that they're not going to go out and try to get someone else. Brian Hoyer is like older than you and I, okay? He's been in the league probably since like the 1990s, I feel like. yeah, uh, you know, uh so they'll they'll show their hand. Before. Well, they're, they're, they're scheduled. Gonna
0: they open up with um they open up with they play at Minnesota and then they play the Bears at home and then they play Philadelphia. So that's uh one be- and two at best.
1: Well, and, and so Garoppolo hasn't, won't even practice until what? In the training camp, middle of training camp. Well, I'm talking oh, about
0: Tampa Bay. I did, that's, that's Tampa Bay schedule.
1: Oh, Tampa Bay schedule. Then they oh, play wow.
0: at the saints and then they play the lions at home. And then they play Buffalo two weeks after that, man. I mean, Tim, I guess maybe they do have a reason to tank. Cause that's a really of all the NFC South schedules because the NFC South, and I brought this up, but before, and we talked about, it, I think on final bet last week, but uh, you know, the SEC the, NFC, the SEC, the NFC South, their schedules are probably easier than the SEC football schedules this yeah. year. I mean, except for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's actually, they're playing that first place schedule, and they actually do have a tough schedule, or semi-tough, at least the first half. So they, they could jump out of the gate one and six. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: No, I, I, the, the NFC South, there's a reason why the New Orleans Saints are favored to win the NFC South right now. Uh, the, the Bucks are, are are destined to win four games this year, yeah. maybe five. Uh the, the Falcons, I've I've gone on record saying I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy. I, I think they're they're a six and eleven team. They better give the ball to B. John Robinson like four hundred times if they want to win this season. And uh, then,
0: you're poo-pooing on the NFC South. They're not gonna be as well, bad as I will say it.
1: this the, the wild card is I don't. I do not know what the Panthers are going to look like this year. Like if, if Bryce Young, if they go first game, Bryce Young starting, uh, this could be really interesting because Bryce Young, first year in the league, don't have tape on him. You don't know what yeah. you, what they're going to do with him. They could. The Panthers could actually fight with the Saints for the division because I like their absolutely, defense. and they got a lot of options at receiver now. They got DJ Chark. They got Hayden Hurst at tight end. Uh, so I like the guys they have. I, I value say, and
0: best value. Yeah, right
1: I, I actually think the Carolina should just roll with Bryce Young week one. You know, have 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 uh you know Oh, they the shouldn't
0: teams. start Andy Dalton? No. Come on. No. They, uh, don't get me you, started. you, on you that.
1: really think that you really think the ESPN wanted to put them on Monday Night football with Andy Dalton no. against Derek Carr in week two? No. Uh-uh. I, I, it's, I it's think that's gonna happen. I think the Panthers should should roll with uh Bryce Young from the start. Same thing with Houston rolling with C.J. Stroud, and the same thing with the Colts going with uh, Anthony Richardson. Just roll the dude out there. Let's figure it out. You know, deal with the you know deal with deal with the twenty interceptions. By the way, in one.
0: what you think of C.J. Stroud is what I think of Anthony Richardson. I think cool. that I think you're talking. You want to talk about bust guy? Couldn't even complete what fifty six percent of his passes in, in college. I mean, in the one year that he played, uh, give, give me a break. Where how did that? Dude, shoot up the rankings like that. That's absurd. Good luck with that, Indianapolis Colts. All right, before we go, um, you know, you're talking about schedules and, and, and lines ahead, lines. We look at this schedule as it is, and this is my team previews, obviously. I'm, I wasn't going to redo the graphic, so it is what it is. This is an older graphic. But, um, you know, as I've said this before, as easy as the Saints, and you see it's the 30-second toughest schedule if you go by – uh, rankings from Caesar Sportsbook, which is what I used. I mean, some, some have them at 31st, some have them at 32nd. Whatever whatever it is, it, it's still easy. But that being said, Garland, when you look at this schedule as easy as the teams are, per se, and the opposing quarterbacks they're going to have to go against, they put this together as tough a way as they possibly could. You talk about, okay, you play Tennessee at home, which is no gimme, obviously. Then you go on the road, four out of the next five weeks, You're only home for Tampa Bay. You got to do three home openers in a row, your own Carolina's. And that's green Bay's home opener as well, which I think is tough. Then I know new England's supposed to be easy, but it's not going to be. You play Jacksonville. You come home and play Jacksonville on a Thursday. Then you got to go right back on the road against Indianapolis. You know, you go to Minnesota on the 12th before your bye week and then it gets, then you have a stretch that you can win some games, but you know, the saints again, if you're going to play the easiest schedule in the NFL, they put it together as, as tough as they could.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't like the first four out of six games on the road. Uh, that, that, that's not an enticing uh, thing for the black and gold. Uh, but I will say this. They could get Bryce Young in week two. They can get Jordan Love in week three. Uh, so you get, you're getting some new quarterbacks early in the season. Uh, you're going to get C.J. Shroud in week six. So you, you do like, even though there's some road games, I think it's with inexperienced quarterbacks. To at least get those guys on the front end. Um, Tampa Bay, I think, is a definite win in the dome. Uh, that 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 looks like a, a, a slam dunk. I mean, if you look at the schedule, Jim, I definitely think that this is a nine and eight, ten and seven season for the Saints. Which you're like, Garland, That's not you're, you're probably going to say Garland's not impressive, but that's all it's, gonna it's take the, It Well, that's all it's going to take to win in C South, though. You, you I, I mean, last know. year the Bucks won at eight nine. Uh, if the Saints go ten and seven. I, that, that wins the NFC South that gets you the four seed in the NFC playoffs that gets you a home game, and then you can get to the next round and you're can you going to go on the road. But uh, that, any, any Saints fan will take that. I, I'll tell you one thing. I took the Saints to go 10-7 last year, and obviously I was, I was wrong. Yeah. And when Jeff Duncan, if he does his column again this year, where he talks to all the reporters that cover the team – I'm I'm probably gonna go nine and eight because I'm not getting burned two years in a row. Did you hear what I
0: said the other day? You can't just say because you got I know. Done I know last year. It doesn't I'm, work that way.
1: I'm setting you up. I'm setting you up. But you know what? It does kind of work that way when they have some of the same coaches in place. You got a Completely Dennis different
0: Alex. schedule. It's you a got Carmichael
1: as the OC. Completely different quarterback. Yeah. I'm going I, nine I, and eight well, probably with this team, but that gets you in the playoffs.
0: I said on by you bets yesterday. Um I've been As rough, not as rough. I've been rougher than anyone on Pete on Pete Carmichael. I've been actually, frankly, I've been mean. Okay. I mean, I'll be straight up and just, uh, I've been mean. And (laughs) like, if I, if I asked the dude to come on the show, he probably would like laugh in my face. Not that he even knows who I am, but if he does know who I am, he knows that I've been a dick. Okay. So uh, let's, that's the, really the only way to put it. So I hope, and that being said, I said this yesterday, I want him to prove me wrong. I hope that that I'm wrong that he needed Sean Payton by his side to be good. I really do. I want to be wrong. So, Jerry says uh, 10 and 7 and 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. That's quite a right. You sound like the National Weather Service, Jerry predicting hurricanes. Well, we might have 8 of them and we might have 16. It's somewhere in that range. And guess what? We were right again last year. We said 8 and whatever. Uh, but, Jerry, we love you. I, I kid because I love. Last question before we leave. We're going to we went way longer than I expected to go. And I know that Garland's got something to do this morning. We have a question from Jonathan. He was upset that he missed the uh, Tulane and LSU talk. Would it, we're going to give our, as we go off the air today, our score prediction for oh. LSU and Tulane. I'm going to put Garland going oh. on the spot and I'm going to make him give me a prediction, LSU versus Tulane baseball. And again, some people will hear this after the game's over and then they can laugh at us or they can say, damn, is this dude cheating? I mean, did they record this after? Maybe, maybe you'll be an Astrodonis.
1: I'm giving two answers. In both of these answers, LSU beats Tulane. Okay. If Thatcher Hurd is a starting pitcher, LSU wins ten to five. Okay. Paul Skeens is a starting pitcher. They win seven to one.
0: Okay. There you go. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to make a, a prediction that. I know that the guy you were talking about is usually right, and he's like the LSU whisperer or whatever. I just can't fathom. Again, that's a little strong. I think it would be silly, and I don't think Jay Johnson would do something silly at this point to start Paul Skeens today. Again, you might be listening to this and, like, switched over during a commercial break when Paul Skeens is going into inning number seven. If you're listening to the the podcast, by the way, when we're done with this, I tack on my monologue and you can find attitude wherever you find your, your podcast, any major platform. There's my plug. Um, so I might be wrong, but I, I just, you can't pitch Paul Skeens today. You just can't, if you want to go out, you need to set it up for the super regional. Paul Skeens needs to pitch on Saturday. That's just my opinion. Again, what do I know? So I don't think you will pitch today, but I don't think LSU will have a ton of trouble maybe a little close early. I think the Tigers are going to come out swinging this entire tournament. I think this is when they turn the light switch on. I could be wrong, but I think this is when the real LSU shows up. I think they win this week, They then win this, next week. And I think I'm not making a prediction that they're going to win the College World Series, but I think they go in hot into Omaha, and I think it's going to be a, a fun few weeks for, for LSU fans.
1: That's Jim, my, That's my... It's Omaha or bust. I I, I think one hundred percent. This team is going. I I I definitely would predict this team is going to go to Omaha because I the just the hitting is just absolutely yep. filthy between uh, Tommy White and Dylan Cruz. Then you go you go down the line with with, with all the other hitters, Jobert and, and Beloso, and you just keep rolling through them. I, I I like this I like this lineup. Uh, yeah, they're 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 definitely uh Omaha bound.
0: Yeah, and before this, uh, before uh, we finish this little segment of Dattitude, before we go on our last little break before football season starts, we're going to have Cade Beloso on the show.
1: Oh, uh, nice. we John Curtis Patriots.
0: Uh, I, ca- I covered him for a few years. And I know his dad, Rodney, and uh, so we're going to have Cade Beloso on the show. I don't know when. I would like to get him on while they're still playing, but if I don't, it'll be after the season. That's fine, but uh, he's going to be on the show. We're looking forward to it. Last thing before I let you go, girl, and I'm going to tell you this. You know, I've been going back to the gym, and because uh, you know, I got to, I got to my certain point, you know, and I and, and I during the football season, I don't get a lot of time. Well, football season ex- extended well past, you know. Usually, I go from August to like December, and I don't get a lot of chance to go to gym. Like I, eat. well, you know what? And then I go back in January, or February. Well, this year I procrastinated. I didn't go back till May this year. So I'm back on my diet, back to the gym. I want to say my goal is by football season to be able to pull off the shirt that you've got on open up, baby. I'm going to look like it's 1978 again. I'm going to be rocking the John Travolta. That is my goal to, to be able to pull that off before the summer is over.
1: I feel like, you know, you, you, you went to what you went to Shaw, correct? I did. Uh, I feel like you, you looked really good in like a T-top Camaro, with like a a tank top, like his IROC
0: twenty eight. You're making fun of us, man, aren't you?
1: Whoa, no, dude! Nothing wrong with a T-top Camaro. Come on, dude. You know, you know it's bad
0: play. enough my partner throughout the entire the entire nine months of of school year doing play by play as a De La Salle grad. I got another De La Salle grad giving me the business. You know,
1: no, hey, you know, late seventies. I, I know early eighties is like Sister Christian and all that. So I don't know, exactly. Like in seventy eight, w- w- what would be on, on the radio on the Camaro? But, um, you know, well, you I wasn't cross-
0: driving that I was only 10 years old in 1978 Garland. So I, oh. I don't, they didn't have the IRA, but let's listen, my friend had the firebird across the street with with, nice. the, with the T-top. Oh yeah. It was, it was I had,
1: yeah.
0: oh yeah, we were cruising it. We were cruising it, man. 1984, 1985. We were cruising it. It was oh, fantastic.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely. Yeah. Well then you could rock Sixter Christian in the radio in the, in the, in the early eighties there. That was uh, definitely a thing. So just a question
0: you though: your time has come.
1: Yeah. Night Ranger. I couldn't think of the band exactly. no, it's night. Night Ranger.
0: You're motoring, baby. You're motoring. What's your yeah. price for a flight Garland Gillen?
1: Yeah. Hey, one, yeah. one other thing uh, you mentioned, I'm going to go somewhere this morning. I want to just give a shout out. Uh, uh, love the man, John Reagan, Jr. I'm um, going to his funeral today. Uh, absolute legend. Everybody knew him as Bobo. So, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he was a fantastic man. Made me laugh. Loved, to talk sports betting with me. Uh, so I, I, I just love the man. Uh, but uh, today is his funeral. And uh, so I'm really close with his uh, son, John Reagan III. So uh, that's where I'll be today. So he was an absolute legend in the New Orleans area.
0: R.I.P. Glad uh, you could get the shout out in. And Garland, thanks for joining us here in Datitude. Uh, we will catch up soon before football season starts because the next time I talk to you, I'll be picking your brain all about LSU football and getting what you think. As I mean, We'll be rolling into the season before too long.
1: Oh, it'll, it'll be here before you know it. I mean, we got Saints, OTAs still. We got minicamp seven on seven high school football starts next week. Uh, so we, it, it never stops. That's why I love football. It's 24, 7, 365.
0: Never stops, but we got to take a break at some point. It's, especially when you get to my age and you know, the eye rocks in the shop. So you know, <laughs> it is. It is. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Was that a bad transition? Was was that a bad way to end that segment? I couldn't. I couldn't help it. When I heard that, I'm like, "Oh no, it's it's ending right there. It doesn't matter if he says bye bye or I say bye." But no, it's in, it's got to end like that. I mean, what is your price for flight anyway? What does that song mean? Man, I'm all over the place this morning. See what happens when I take a couple weeks off of the show? Come back and I'm all over the place. Well, it's it's fun like that, you know. Speaking of taking a couple of weeks off the show, programming notes, we are going to run through the month of June. Um, I think we're going to go – actually, I think the if, if I'm correct here, 2 plus 28 is 30. So June 30th, the last uh, Friday of the month, we won't be on because I'm going to take uh, my final break before football season starts and I'll start doing all my uh, over-under win total and previews. Uh, that'll start – Right in the second week of July, but I think I think it's looking like I'm going to take off most of the last week of June and the entire first week of July. So uh, we'll have four, including this one, four datitudes in a row, and then we'll take another little break, and then we'll be back for good. That'll be the last break we take, um, I think, until February. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way it's going to happen. So you better get get yourself ready. Get yourself ready for a whole bunch of Dattitude. As we go slipping into football season, because we're pretty close. Uh, enough talking about all this OTA and draft and schedule release and all that junk. We're not talk about that anymore. We're gonna talk about real football. Won't be long. As we go out this morning, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, if you like, if you're like me and you're OCD and you're all over the place, then you really enjoyed it. If you've if you've got everything on a straight arrow of a line. You probably turned it off about three minutes in. But that's okay either way. We, you obviously are like me if you made it this far. Or you just scrubbed your little finger across that phone of yours. Whatever way you did it, you made it to the end. Song of the day. Uh, I am going to uh, tribute, give a tribute to a legend. Uh, you know, I joke about the mid-80s and growing up in the 80s, and basically I did. I'm a child of the of the late 70s and early to mid-80s, and I guess all the 80s, really. And so when I learned of the passing of Tina Turner um, a couple weeks ago, or I guess a week and a half ago or so, um, it kind of hit me. You know, I don't really get caught up in the whole celebrity thing. Uh, that has never really been my thing but there are certain celebrities and sometimes it's not always the major ones like michael jackson or prince or whatever but it it some of them hit me a little bit differently than others and i think tina turner i've always been a huge fan i've loved her story um my wife and i we went to new york right literally right before covid started uh in january of 2020 and went to the to her broadway show And I remember uh, seeing something on television about, you know, her being uh, obviously thinking it was pretty cool they made a Broadway show out of her life. The show was great, and I've just always admired her. And so we're going to go out with with a Tina Turner song, and I was trying to think of which song would be the best one to go out with, and then it hit me. Well, she sings a song called The Best, so why not that one? Seems pretty logical. I'm not always a logical dude, but in this case, it kind of fit, right? And so I think that's kind of, you know, she was definitely one of the best, uh, for sure. And so that, this is my tribute to Tina Turner. And uh, maybe it'll be a tribute to LSU baseball in a few weeks, and we can play it again. So I'll make that promise to you. If LSU wins the national championship in baseball, this is going to be our going out song for, I guess, what? june the 23rd is that when that would be i don't know sometime around there but um so maybe we'll be able to play it again in a few weeks but that's where we are but the journey for college baseball starts today on this friday uh and we thank you for joining us hope you enjoy the tigers or if you're a greenway fan maybe you'll have a shocker the plus 4000 the 40 to one shot in In the Baton Rouge Regional, maybe they'll come through for you. And you can all send me a nice little note to jderryatheadvocate.com and say, ha, 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 he, he, he. You were wrong, Jim Derry. Wouldn't be the first time. But uh, for those of you enjoy the baseball, enjoy the golf at the Memorial this week, and enjoy the NBA Finals. Got a lot going on. We'll talk some more about it next Friday. Have a lot more to talk about it. Super Regional weekend. NBA Finals continue. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend and a wonderful first week of June. Peace and love, my friends.